Hey there, you're listening to Your Life is Awesome, brought to you by Enjoy Toys, featuring true life stories about sex told by audience members at Smut Slams around the world. Smut Slam is a growing network of dirty storytelling shows founded in 2011 by me, Cameron Moore. We do our best to keep Smut Slam safe, but safe doesn't mean G-rated. Some of these stories are explicit as fuck. If you're not into that, now is a good time to get out. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Welcome to Your Life is Awesome for a whole new assortment of salacious stories from just random people. That is actually how this works. Uh, yeah, Smut Slam is entirely an open mic situation when we go out in the world. So people show up at the venue, drop their names in the bucket at the door, get up and tell their stories. Now, it is not totally random, obviously. It's people who are interested in sex that come to our shows. It is slightly exhibitionistic people who step up to the microphone. But oftentimes, I, they're not very exhibitionistic. They're, they're confused. Sometimes people get up there and they're, they get called up to tell their stories and they don't know why they're up there. They just felt moved by the spirit or some shit. And suddenly they find themselves in front of the microphone and with an expectant audience uh, sitting there in the room or out there in the garden waiting for them to tell a story. And they do. So this truly is mostly random people sharing their true life sex stories at Smut Slam events all around. The world. Now, today's episode is sponsored in part by confetti.com. I'll tell you a little more about that later in the show. It is also our first compilation show, and by that I mean we picked stories from different live shows. Which we started doing this before we had like the production quality up to par necessarily. I just want to let you know, give you a little disclaimer for the production quality, the audio quality, I should say. Because one of these stories, I think it's mine. There was a lot of wind that day out in our outside venue. Another story is coming from a time when we were masking up outside as well. This was earlier in the pandemic when we really didn't know what the hell was going on. So everyone masked up. And you can hear that a little bit. There's another one where the microphone inside is a little overexcited, you know, in the electronic bits. So there's a little bit of variety here. I encourage you to think of that as just a spice in your audio adventure. It This is how you know it's the real shit, okay? So just sit down and buckle up. This is going to be great. The theme for today's episode is magical gizmos and unexpected gadgets. All right, so we start out with sex toys, but sometimes it's not just sex toys. It's how you play with other things, right? We are starting out with a story for me, as the live shows often do, Coming to you from a cheap hotel room with an electric tea kettle and and showing how you can get kinky with really anything. The next story uh, continues our exploration with an evolution of shame, or as I like to think of it, an evolution away from shame, specifically in connection with sex toys. Next, we are going to learn a little bit about buying sex toys or kink objects in a pet shop. This is not a stretch as much as you might think. This is actually very sane and logical approach to getting your kink on. And uh, the next story after that is sex toys in the academy and how it doesn't always work when you bring them together. We end with a little something something involving a juggalo mask 
and 100 razor blades. Yes, you're wondering, oh my God, what does this have to do with sex or kink play? You're going to find out if you listen in. Between these stories, we have little snippets of the fuck buckets. Uh, the fuck bucket, for people who don't know, is a it's not a one bucket. It is kind of the spirit of a bucket. It is really whatever we have on hand. Usually in Berlin, it's a bucket where people can put their anonymous questions and confessions in. And then I answer them. I read the confessions out loud. I ask the crowd for input or advice. It's all very, like, it goes different places with this, uh, depending on how I'm feeling at the time and how equipped I am to answer the question. But it's a lot of fun. So we decided to go ahead and put some of these in our Your Life is Awesome podcast. So you get some of that action too. Specifically, all the questions and confessions in today's episodes were recorded at the rainy outdoor show where I was recording my story. That's it for, for getting us going. Sit in, put those headphones in if you're at work, and I will catch you on the other side. I don't know about you... But I often find that the moments when I'm feeling most passionate and most ready to jump someone inevitably happen in places where I don't have the right equipment for it. You know, like, I don't carry, I'm not the sort of person to carry my, my kit, to carry my whatever sex toys I want to be carrying. It's like, I don't take those out. To, 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 for one night stands. I never did. I don't take them out. Even my partner and I, when we go out and we're like, we're going to be in a hotel together. We never think to throw the sex toys in. We never think to throw. We just like, oh, we got to go. And then we find ourselves in a hotel room. Huh. Right. But one time in band camp, no, uh, one time, One time we we really were feeling the urgency. We went to we were in this little it was almost a bed and breakfast. It was in, in England where the inns, you know, are kind of hotels, but they have like three rooms or four rooms. And everybody knows you when you go to eat breakfast. Right? When you go they offer the breakfast and you go to the fucking uh, dining room and everybody's looking at you like, yeah, there's only four rooms in this place. We know which one you were in. So there was that kind of place. And we, and, and it was also his hometown with 11,000 people in it. Um, so to, to some respects, we kind of, we felt a little bit restrained and not in a good way. And we would go out and like walk around and look at like 800 year old castles and then come back and feel, and there's something about like being in a really uptight conservative town that makes me want to be even more perverted. I don't know about you, but it's like, it's definitely this kind of feeling of contrarianism. I just was like, fuck you and your history. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so, so that time, I guess it was a combination of like being surrounded by tradition and being surrounded by his disapproving family and being surrounded by these disapproving other people staying in the hotel. And we're just like, no, we got to fuck this up. But we have nothing because it's a badly equipped hotel room. All right. And so we're looking around. It doesn't even have a in, in the old days. It doesn't even have like a good cord on a telephone to play with. Right. It's very short. It's not going to get you very far. And, and then and then I was like, there's a hot there's a kettle because English hotels always have a kettle in them. Right. There's a kettle, some hot water. There's a ceramic mug. I bet that hot water in that ceramic mug could do some damage. 
I said, I'm the bossiest bottom ever, right? I bet you could try that on me. Ooh, it would be so painful. And I don't know, I guess I thought maybe he wasn't going to go for it. But he just eyes kind of lit up. And he was very like, yes, that would be lovely. I am feeling like some tea right now anyway. Because <laughs> the British love their fucking tea. And so... He poured his he poured the hot water into the kettle into into the into the cup, this tea bag Earl Grey of course, and um, and just sat there while I was he said like don't hold on to the bed frame, don't let go, like psychological bondage is the best bondage right, <laughs> because if you don't do it then you are a bad bottom. <laughs> I'm an overachiever like that. What can I say? And so I held on to this rickety fucking bed frame while he just sat there kind of clink, clink, clink with the spoon. Clink, 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 you know, brewing the tea. Each clink, each little clink is like, like ooh, okay. And he's like, spread your legs. Okay. <laughs> this is my idea. Why do I do this? Right? Spread your legs. Wider. No, wider. I want to be very focused. Okay. And slowly, he's like, you don't want to jump with this. Don't jump. This could be very dangerous. Now, sidebar, he did test it against his own wrist. All right? He did test it against his own skin. But I didn't, wasn't really watching. I wasn't paying attention. And I was like spread with my legs wide holding on. Oh, God, I can't move because all that tea is going to go all over everything. And he, he just went so slow I could feel the heat increasing as the mug got closer and closer to my clit. All right? Closer, I just could feel it. I could feel it. And it wasn't me. It was the cup. And right, and I don't know how he did it, the edge of the cup or something, but he just put the corner edge of the mug right on my clit. I screamed. <laughs> Fuck your tradition. <laughs> I screamed. He did not shush me at all. He did say, keep your hands on the rail. <laughs> Pulled the mug away. Caught my breath. <sighs> it's like, of course, of course. He was checking like, okay, are you okay? Are you okay? And then he said, he said the thing which kind of, uh, which kind of like, it tells you a little bit what kind of mental sadist he is. He pulled the cup away and held it up and said, well, I don't see any skin sticking on it, so it must be fine. <laughs> and you could be grossed out by that. You could be me and go like, oh, God. <laughs> do it again and he did and we did until it cooled and the great thing about tea kettles is you can just fill them up and do it all over again so we did that for a long time and uh and that my friends is 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 just one of the many things you can get up to in a badly equipped hotel room if you're really really feeling like you've gotta go hard in a terrible fucking town, uh, you can get you can get kinky anywhere with hardly anything. Hot water's enough in a cup. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I just love the phrasing on this one. One time, I got naked on a taxi, and everyone loved it. <laughs> on, on a taxi. On a taxi. Not in a taxi. Like on a taxi. I feel like that's welcome to Berlin at the airport, maybe, right? They should, BVG should be working on that for their... Oh, my God. I'm going to do another one. That was so tasty. I'm going to do another one. Okay. All right. Okay. We're going to do a quick go around here for crowdsourcing. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this feels like a good question. <clears throat> As a cisgendered woman, 
I am genuinely wondering, is it still okay to use the word woman? Yes, it is. Okay. How can I claim my identity without excluding trans women's rights? Sincerely confused. Um, so you can claim your identity however the fuck you want. You can claim your identity. You can say I'm a woman. That's fine. If someone, if you feel like you need to explain, you can say cisgendered woman. You can say cis woman. But like you can just say woman. If you're talking about this as an event organizer and who are you trying to include, that's a different story. And, and, and like you've got to look at your language clearly. Um, if you say it's for women, do you really mean is it for all women? Um, or do you mean specifically vulva owners, which aren't all women? All right. So these are things that you've got to like ask yourself, ask your group about um, what, what, what do you mean? In what context are you trying to use the word woman where you feel like you're excluding someone else? I feel like if you're talking about yourself, use it. Use it. it has nothing to do with anyone else. Um, does anyone have any thoughts about this? And when I say thoughts, I mean short, succinct thoughts. I covered it. Okay, sweet. Um. So I, I came here in a bad mood, actually. And uh, your first story just gave me, uh, like, uh, yeah, gave me the why. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I can make something up. I can not make something. It happened. But I basically combined three tiny anecdote stories that happened. And I call it the evolution of shame. So, like, prior to uh, COVID, I didn't really have sex toys. Besides a good relationship with an uh, electric toothbrush <laughs> in my teens. <laughs> Not really. And a friend bought me a dildo once, like, 15 years ago, and uh, I never actually used it, and the plastic just, like, sort of dissolved. But I was left with, like, the, the metal thingy, yeah? And I was, like, keeping it because it's sentimental, sentimental, you know? Like, a friend bought it, and I was like, I'm not going to throw it away, right? And it's powered by, like, these two, like, 9-volt batteries and, like, the, the whole thing. <laughs> And, uh, and so we were moving uh, to another house, me and my husband, and his parents were helping us pack. And uh, so, uh, and I didn't want them to find it. I mean, they're like 75. They don't know what that is. But still, like, I don't want to have that conversation or these stairs. There's not going to be a conversation. There's just going to be silence and stairs. So I put it in my work bag, in my laptop bag. And I forgot about it. <laughs> And then um, I was—I uh, needed to do a lecture at this facility in Israel that's like super, like high secure. Just, I'm a microbiologist, and I'm just—I was just given a lecture, and it turns out that I have to be searched, like really, really searched, and uh, like on a level of like I cannot have a USB. And so this like 19-year-old girl is like searching through my stuff, and basically pulls out this metal thingy. <laughs> and stares at me, and I am mortified. I am so mortified, and then I just burst out like laughing, and she just puts it back in. And like, I could have like 20 USBs in there. <laughs> it's not really good security. So anyway, that was the first story, and like, I was so ashamed of it, but like 20, like, uh, like after the COVID, and like, you know, buying toys on AliExpress, like, everywhere you know just like being like yeah and this one and this one and this one i have a bunch now so like when i traveled to israel uh, a few months ago uh, to go to court i uh, i was, was suing somebody i wasn't the one being sued which was nice so i basically i came to israel for three days with a small trolley you know where this is going <laughs> and of course i have my like sucker in there it's, you know, it's, a, it's a good one it's a, like a satisfier and uh yeah and, and turns out there's more security. 
and uh, and I completely forget about it, of course, and I, and I put it through the machine at the courthouse, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and this, this security guy, uh, he's like, do you have anything for self-defense there? And I'm like, no. And I'm no. And he's like, he's like winking like at the, at the, like the other security guard. And he's like, oh, I'm, ah, shit, that's my vibrator. I came from Berlin. And he was like, and he was, <laughs> he was not expecting that. And I was like owning it. I was like, ah, yeah, it's, fuck it. It's just my vibrator. It's fine. You know? I have evolved, yeah? yeah. And, uh, and I just like, you know, just winked at him and went into court. <laughs> and, uh, and now I'm telling this story uh, to my, uh, like I was sitting, like I only came for three days and I had like this evening with my aunt, my mom and my grandma. <laughs> and we're just, you know, just going through our wine, you know, just three bottles of wine, four people, you know, just like chilling. And I tell them that story of how a security guard found a vibrator and like we were like laughing and everything. And they start like my aunt starts to ask me about vibrators and stuff. And I explain to her and it's like hilarious. And then my mom goes like, yeah, that's interesting. Do you have a link? And I go, like, sure. I'm like, no, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to order. Like, I'm just going to order to your house. It's fine. And then my grandma sits there really silent. And then she goes, and what am I, a plant? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Good sex at any age is what this is about here. Grandma, go grandma. Okay. All right, on that delightful fucking... I, you know, I'm sorry, your first vibrator, all I'm thinking is like, that must be like having sex with the Terminator or something. It's just like... I, oh, God. Those toys, though. Those cheap toys will melt. They will absolutely melt away like like that guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just the face, just peeling away. It's, yeah. <laughs> I got fisted last week for the first time. And I was surprised, yes, I know. And I was surprised how good it felt. Not even in a really sexual way. More like a massage in a body part you didn't even know existed. <laughs> Try it! Ah! Amazing. <laughs> Oppa! I come too quickly, what can I do? What? Stop. I come too quickly. What can I do? I think I got too used to fast porn waking. That You've self-diagnosed. Okay, so stop watching the porn for a little bit. Switch your hand off a little bit so it's not that fast. Uh, yeah, anybody else with a dick want to talk about that? Use lube. Use lube. It's it's just kind of the whole thing is softer and mushier and kind of like softer and mushier. That doesn't sound okay. Softer and mushier. Okay, all right. So go slow a little bit. Anybody else? Get drunk. Get drunk. <laughs> you want to eventually come, not like lose it forever that night. Yeah, I think your main thing is going to be to switch off the porn for a little while. And I'm not saying that in a, in a porn shamey way, but just like if that's your trigger, then you need to like stop that for a little while. You need to put that down for a little while and try something else. What's that? Try watching porn without the goal of coming. Try just watching porn as an art house film. <laughs> Masturbate, but don't go slow. Enjoy the process. I feel like you're Mr. Rogers over here with this. Mr. Rogers tells you how to. 
Yep, yep, yep. Slow it down. Slow it down. Like there's slow food and there's fast food. This is slow porn. So I joined the Berlin kink and queer scene about four or five years ago. And uh, once that once that started, things went really quickly. Like I, I went to my first uh, my first munch, went to my first Kit Kat party the day afterwards, and I had this six month sex toy plan worked out beforehand. Where I'm like, over the next six months, I'm going to get some sex toys and experiment with those. No, not working. I need that shit now. I I gotta get all of those toys. I gotta be ready. I gotta be prepared. Because when I invite somebody sexy to my apartment, I want to be like, hey, this is my bondage ropes. I know how to use them. This is my blindfold with the kitty ears. Now please get naked. <laughs> and, you know, be prepared for those things. So I went to our favorite sex shop, Other Nature, of course. Yeah. Woo! And uh, ordered a bunch of stuff online. And then I looked into alternative sex toy solutions, sex toy locations. And I went to pet stores. Yes. And you can see where it is going to. <laughs> now, what pet stores have, they have squeaky toys. Like, and what you need those for is when you tie somebody up and you gag them. You give them the squeaky toy in the hand, so this is their safe word. So they can say squeak, and that means stop. Or alternatively, give them like a tennis ball or something that they can drop. So next place, I needed a tennis ball, just a single one, not like a 10-pack. So I went to Decathlon, the giant sports store at Alex. And I took my single tennis ball, went to the register, and the girl at the register goes, Oh, a single tennis ball. (laughs) Set for your dog. And I went, well, it's for a very special someone to me. <laughs> and we both smiled at each other, and I walked out. Next time I went there, they have a riding section. So if you're, like, into the riding fetish or whatever, the uniforms they got, they also got riding crops. But these are, like, these are not BDSM crops. These are, like, horse-grade riding crops. They're, like, for heavy ass. They can, they can take a beating. And I go to a different girl this time, and she wants to say, hi, what are you getting? But, like, while she's saying this, her mind does the calculation. <laughs> Right? She is seeing me. And clearly I'm not a writing person. And I'm disproportionately happy about this inexpensive writing crop I'm, I'm playing around with. So what she's saying is like, hi, what can I owe? <laughs> Never mind. And we finished our conversation in silence. So I, next time I go there, uh, get, getting a big writing crop. So there's like the tiny ones, right? And there's the ones that are, like, as big as a person, like 160, 170. And they're, like, advanced. They, they have, like, a tiny whip bit at the end. And you can't just whack somebody with it. you got to use, like, technique for it, like, phew. And uh, this time I go to the self-checkout because who needs the judgment? <laughs> and, um, you know, I wanted to be prepared for one of my early sex parties the day afterwards. But the only time I could buy that riding crop was right before university. So I'm taking my giant riding crop back to the lecture <laughs> afterwards. And I'm sitting there with my riding crop sticking out between my feet. And a quick detour, I have this ongoing fantasy, especially like in my early days of exploring my sexuality. About, and occasionally it happens, so it's very valid. Of like somebody coming up to you and being like, so, I see we're both into heavy BDSM sex. Want to do it? <laughs> and that's like my mental state then. And I'm sitting there with this riding crop, and this girl next to me, she spots this giant riding crop. She's, and she's like, oh, what is that? Is that... <gasps> Is that a very big advanced riding crop? Oh my god. I've never seen anybody brave enough to bring it here. Wow, this is. See, I use those too. I see. Well, clearly, we are both very advanced in, in using these riding crops here. Yeah, so, so, I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you. Us here sitting next to each other, both being experts in riding crops. Are you into horse riding? Because I love horse riding. <laughs> 
So what, I've sort of, what I should have said, what I should have done, I learned it afterwards, is like make eye contact and then be like, no, it's not for horses. <laughs> and then take it from there. <laughs> what happened instead was I went for about 20 seconds. Uh, but I got saved. I got saved by the guy sitting in front of us who has been listening to the entire conversation. And he turned around and he like yelled over us, he's one of those Kit Kat perverts. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's the moral? Buy sex toys at Under Nature. It's good. Thank you. After about 20 years of feeling heteroflexible, I finally made out with my first guy about a month ago. Too long, didn't read. It was fucking awesome. Okay, looking for recommendations. What is the best strap-on combo for two cisgendered women who have different vulva vagina anatomies and don't want something that looks too much like a penis? Get yourself into other nature and browse because not everything is got veins on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's, there's other stuff. Um, any recommendations? So we're looking for non-veiny options. Bad dragon. Oh, bad dragon. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't say which kind of penis they were talking about, right? It doesn't look too much like a human penis, but Bad Dragon... No, Bad Dragon, I understand, is not the greatest politically. Um, no, they're amazing? Vegetables. Vegetables are amazing. It's corn season right about now. No. Go wash, rinse, and repeat? No, once you wash it once, you can't repeat. It's going to get soggy. Okay. I'll tell you why I know sometime. Um... The Fun Factory Share. Fun Factory's got great stuff, actually. Okay, sweet. There's your recommendation. Hi, everybody. Good evening. So it took me uh, 14 years to get a bachelor's degree. Yeah, take <laughs> yeah, it. Took some time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so when I was uh, when I when I when I finished school, I had undiagnosed ADHD. Um, and so I had this uh, I had this academic uh, history that, that that followed the sine curve. I'd have like really thank you math geek in the audience one of you All right. so I'd have really good grades because like you know I like to read books um, and then I, and then I would burn out halfway through and just so terrible fucking grades so I didn't get into university I uh, I got into community college and I I was at community college for a while and then I started doing sex work I uh, I started working as a dominatrix um, well first as a professional submissive uh, then as a switch then as a dom uh, you, you know you start your way at the bottom you work your way up. <laughs> Um, and, and when I, and when I started doing sex work, uh, my, my mother was very upset about this. Um, and she kicked me out of the house. So, so, boo, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so ADHD, homelessness, uh, long story short, it took me about 11 years to, uh, get into university, but I did. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, so a uh, full decade older than uh, my cohorts, <laughs> off I went <laughs> to university. Um, and the thing is, the thing about doing uh, university in your in your late twenties, early thirties is uh, it's fucking fabulous. I really recommend it because <laughs> uh, you know who the fuck you are. You know what you're about. You're there to study. You're there to do the thing. And like, you know, I was surrounded by these children who were like, oh. <laughs> 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 I, 
you know, I'm studying physics because my parents told me to. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it here. I'm like, oh, go do something else, please. <laughs> go have fun with your life. Um, go figure it out. Uh, but yeah, so I had this superpower. I, like, you know, I was there and like, yeah, like I, I knew I was there to study physics because I liked physics. Um, and, and, you know, I wasn't trying to fuck most of these youths. <laughs> there was one or two that I was like, yeah, all right, puberty hit you like a fucking truck. <laughs> well done, mate. Um, it's great because you look at their Facebook pictures and you like, you click back like twice. <laughs> And you can see the exact moment God gave them a jawline. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. Um, so, yeah. But, but for the most part, you know, I, I, li- I like fucking adults. So, uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, you know, I was able to focus on the studies. Um, uh, but... Um, you know, and, and, and yeah, and it's great because, yeah, like, and you, you know, you, you don't have as much self-consciousness, you're, you know, you're there to do the thing, and, like, you don't mind asking stupid questions or, like, you know, having weird hair or being, like, visibly transsexual or whatever because, like, you're an adult, you know your life. Um, but, but there were, there were some communication gaps um, that I had, to, I had to overcome, um, and one day in particular, I have... Um, I'm I'm going to the dungeon that I mentioned because I'm still I'm still involved with this dungeon. This dungeon had a whole adventure that I can I can tell you about. There's a tale of of, of intrigue and murder, but it's a story for another time. Um, but I stayed involved with this dungeon, this community space, and uh, one day, you know, um, we've got we've got an event at this dungeon um, after you know in the evening, um, and and you know, commuting being what it is, I just I bring my toy bag with me to school. Practical, um, and my toy bag. Um, by the way, like for the for the uninitiated um, in BDSM, like you have a little, you have a little bag of bag of tricks with you, you know. So, so when your hand gets tired, you can whoocha. Um So I bring I bring my toy bag with me to university, and and the toy bag, by the way, just to just to paint you a picture here, it's a it's a leather Samsonite briefcase. I got it I got it from an ex of mine, but yeah, it's very. It's very evocative. It's like this leather briefcase. It's held together with a belt. <laughs> so I look like I look like a supervillain when I walk in with this thing. It's it's very like ah, hello, my name is H.P. Loveshaft, and this is my magical murder bag. Yeah. Um, so I walk into the I walk into the physics lounge with my with my bag, and uh, and one of these kids goes, Hey, Al, what do you got there? Uh, and without really thinking about it, I, you know, because I'm guileless, I kind of go, oh, this is my bondage suitcase. <laughs> and a hush, silence falls over the room. Now, you have to understand, I wasn't prepared for this because, like, I grew up, um, I grew up, you know, at the dungeon, uh, going to the Renaissance Fair. You know, there's that joke by Margaret Cho that, like, uh, Trekkies and fetishists and Ren Fair people are, like, all the same group of people. Yeah? Like... As someone who's organized orgies with my D&D group, can confirm, can confirm, like, nerds and kinksters, kinky nerds, it's like one group. Um, and so, and so I, I assumed that because I was in a room full of fucking physicists, um, that there would be at least one or two kinksters in, 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 in the room. But if there were, they, they didn't know about this about themselves yet. Um, because, yeah, they were just, you know, they were, they were too young. They were just sort of terrified. And so there's awkward silence. And, and I, I go, all right, well, I, you know, I've got, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm autistic, so sometimes a little, I'm a little awkward. But I, I know the socialization algorithm. I know that when the room falls silent, it's bad. <laughs> 
I know I can break the tension with a joke. Here goes nothing. Ah, oh, come on, guys. Don't be like that. I mean, come on. We're all masochists here, right? We're all physicists. <laughs> yeah, they didn't laugh. That wasn't their response. So that was, that was my lesson learned that day. <laughs> It must be some comfort to know, though, that whatever you said to them, however you talk to them, whatever they learn from that magic briefcase of doom, that through the magic of space and time, it traveled forward, and they're probably all fucking perverts now. So, I mean, this is this is how formative physics physics happens. So, this is this is it happened. It happened. Amazing. I used to start my mornings by masturbating on Snapchat for strangers to watch. Uh, why did you stop? Did Snapchat just like not pick up the traction that you wanted? It's all TikTok now. Okay. No, TikTok would not let you do that. No, no, no. Okay. Nice. I recently realized that ropes and a loft bed are a very good uh, substitution for a St. Andrew's cross. It was a very loving, logging, loony night. I can't read this. Long. Oh, it says long. That's why I can't read it. Long night. Okay, someone was strung up on the loft bed. Well done. Okay. How can I be more genderqueer as a woman? Taking three suggestions from the audience. How can someone be more genderqueer as a woman? Don't make out with me. (laughs) Is that a smutterling? Keep it in your pants, darling. We have rules. Ooh. That's deep. That's deep. Go to a little boy section, get a nice suit. Unless you're fat, in which case, just stick to the men's section and get a nice suit. Yeah. Okay, anybody else? Try wearing a binder. Try wearing a binder. Get a haircut. Get a strap on. Get a strap on. I recommend cowboy boots. I recommend cowboy boots. Everyone looks, especially wear them with things that people think that you're not supposed to wear them with. Everyone is like, oh, fuck. I don't know what that person is, but oh. There's some suggestions. I think biker boots also will stand in for that. To get started first, I need to make sure everybody here understands. Have you heard of a... Do you know what juggalos are? Do you know Insane Clown Posse? Is there anyone who doesn't know the band? Okay, so this is an American thing. Um, I'm coming... uh, I live in Detroit now, and from Detroit is this really trashy hip-hop rock group and it's two people they dress like clowns they're kind of misogynists they have big following um and it's a very distinctive look you can get okay so you need to know what insane clown posse is now you do um so i was on a date it was like my third or fourth date with this new person uh she was a freudian psychoanalyst professionally and she really, really wanted to call me daddy, which, given that context, I found sort of unsettling. But when, um, so it was our third or fourth date, and we had slept together once or twice already, and she wanted to get kinky. So uh, she knew that I was a bit more experienced with that stuff. She didn't really know 
what it was about, but she was willing to try. So we had a date, and it was after work. And so in the morning, of course, I had to pack up the bag and bring it to work with everything that I could think of because I didn't know what exactly she was going to want. So you had to get the rope and you had to get the clothespins and you had to get like the rubber gloves. All of the stuff went into the bag that I took to work. Now, um, I also get a lot of my packages to work. And I had uh, just signed up for one of those discount shaving clubs. So also, when I went to work, I got my packages, and here's a box of, like, a hundred razor blades. <laughs> so they go in the bag. Okay. These are you know, very, uh, very practical and inexpensive way to shave. Also very, you know, scary looking. Well, um, and also that day in the mail, <clears throat> there was an event where we were going to make fun of Insane Clown Posse. We were going to dress up like scientists uh, at the Juggalo convention. So there were going to be hundreds of Juggalos coming to town, and we would dress up like scientists and explain to them how fucking magnets work. Okay, because they have a song about how do magnets work. It's amazing. It's a miracle. They're kind of secret Christians. So we were going to explain to the Juggalos how science worked. So coming into the mail at work, I got a Juggalo mask. This mask, right, that looks like the juggalo who's, who calls himself Violent J. And so it goes into the bag. Now, I was very prepared. I was, a, I was in scouts. I had all the things I could possibly need for a fun night or a weird night. And... Uh, so yeah, we went on our date after work, me and this new girl I was dating, and uh, we went to some club and dancing. It was fine. It was fine. But when it was over, when it was time to go back to her place, I paid the bill. I went to get my bag, and it was gone. My bag, some fucker stole my bag. Okay, with all of my, all my toys and all of my thing. But I'm not that mad because I can imagine what happened when they opened it. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so first, first, you open it up and there's a juggalo mask. Clown, that's kind of, okay. And then you keep digging and there's rope and gloves, and a hundred razor blades. <laughs> and I just imagine them going through this bag thinking, fuck, whose bag did I just steal? <laughs> and yeah, I, I think after this, they may need a, a Freudian psychoanalyst, maybe. Um, and uh, that's kind of the whole story. Do I need to keep going? Or? Okay, that's... <laughs> Ha I told you it was going to be a wild ride. Yes. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you were holding on to something for some of those stories. Yeah. 
Our people bring it. Those random people I was telling you about, they bring it every single fucking show. And we are so happy to share that with you through Your Life is Awesome. I want to tell you quickly about the various smut slams that are coming up in our network. We have a network. And now that we're coming back to live shows, definitely there's stuff hopping all around the planet, okay? We're going to start with the next slams, January 20th. That's Friday, January 20th in Heidelberg. January 21st in Mannheim. And then the following week, we go to Leipzig on January 24th and Dresden on January 25th. On January 26th, you can catch another host of Smut Slam, Dee Dee Brazier, doing her thing out at Victoria British Columbia, January 26th. In Copenhagen and Vancouver, we've got stuff happening on January 31st. Again, that's Didi Brazier out there in Canada doing the Lord's work, I tell you. So that's, that's a really exciting night for Smut Slam. We've got all that energy on one day, Vancouver and Copenhagen. On February 7th, I'm hitting the road uh, out to the sort of Baltic area, uh, Tallinn on February 7th, and Helsinki on February 9th. If you want to keep up with these shows, get ticket links, let your friends know, go ahead and check us out at smutslam.com slash directory. That will give you ticket links and further information. And just generally, it's a good thing to bookmark on your browser. For other shows by me, because I do do things other than Smut Slam, but frankly, not right now. I'm keeping it chill. I'm prepping for my big Canadian tour this summer where I'm going with my solo storytelling plus life drawing experience called Muse. And believe me, I will tell you all about it when it's ready to go. So just hang tight. I've got stuff in the pipeline. Our episode today was sponsored in part by confetti.eu. That's K-O-N-F-E-T-T-I-E dot E-U. It was described to me as Etsy online, but it's not. It's, I mean, it is, but it's, it's so much more than that. It is a collection of indie sex toy and kink producers just coming together on one platform. Now, the founder of that platform was talking to me about this, and she said she was just really concerned about the quality of the sex toys that are out there. And frankly, we get enough of those kind of horror stories about shitty sex toys at Smut Slam that I am always happy to meet companies that are really thinking about this. And Confetti definitely does. She built a platform to connect consumers to indie sex toy makers doing body safe work. You wouldn't think that you'd have to think twice about is this safe to go on my body, but some companies don't care. The folks at confetti.eu, all those different producers, they are thinking about your safety as well as your pleasure. And that makes it a great website to to go ahead and get your stuff from. So again, that's K-O-N-F-E-T-T-I-E.eu, confetti.eu. Go there and you can get your 20% discount by using the code SMUTSLAM22 during checkout. Get it on, people. Yes, that is it for now. I wanted to uh, thank my producer, as always, Mark Zeestadt, and the folks who made it possible for us to do outdoor shows here in Berlin, Villa Curiosum. Those are the people who make this happen today. And you make it happen every day. If you weren't listening, I'd be just talking to myself in the room. So thanks for catching up. Remember, your life is awesome. This has been Your Life is Awesome, a story podcast from Smutslam with Cameron Moore. Produced by me, Mark Seestedt. Music by Sticky Biscuits. 
A huge thank you to all storytellers featured. All stories are being shared with permission. Thanks also to Enjoy Toys, makers of deluxe stainless steel instruments of pleasure, for continually supporting Smut Slam. Find them at enjoytoys.com. If you want to help us make more of these, plus get access to longer episodes and other bonus material, please join our Patreon at patreon.com. Your life is awesome. If that's not in the cards right now, you can also help by rating and reviewing this show. Look for that option in your podcast app. We might read out some reviews on a future episode. Got a question for Cameron? Write or send a voice recording to smutslampodcast at gmail.com. This too might be featured on the podcast. And if you want to find out more about SmutSlam and the code of conduct we use in the shows, go to smutslam.com. All links mentioned can be found in the podcast info. Thanks for listening.